Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and welcome to The Great America Show. Thanks for being with us, and here we go. I know I can't be alone in this thought when I saw President Biden at the White House Easter egg roll being escorted back to where he belonged by a big bunny and away from the media. I thought, there he goes again. Poor Mr. Biden, our president, at it again. Mr. Biden spends a lot of time trying to figure out where he is and what's going on and where he goes next. Sometimes there's a big bunny there to help him. Our president is a man increasingly, utterly bewildered. Sometimes there's Dr. Jill there to help him. Even with all the help around him, most Americans say Mr. Biden just isn't fit to be president. Most of us find the worsening of his physical and mental impairment sad and awkward, disturbing, and increasingly frightening. Don't you think so? We're talking about the president of the United States, the commander-in-chief of our military, and the leader of the free world. Why do we allow this poor man to go on? playing pretend president while others are playing puppet master. Those others are intent on making what is Joe Biden's first term as president his last, and truly Barack Obama's third. Perhaps, and most likely, Barack Obama has the perfect willing puppet to pursue Obama's Marxist call to fundamentally transform America. Obama's unfinished business as leader of the world. I mean, free world. And I do mean be afraid that the most likely possibility has come true. You and I, every one of us, why are we all not demanding that something be done to help this poor old man who is so obviously fogbound and somehow, even in a crowd at the White House, alone and all the more confused? It isn't right to permit this, but what can we do? Biden's family doesn't acknowledge what the American people plainly see when we look at our failing, faltering president. Neither does the corporate news media, nor the two major political parties. You and I are in the minds of the establishment, consumers and workers, and yes, voters too, but no longer citizens, our consent no longer required of those who govern us. Joe Biden, president will be 80 years old this year, the oldest president in American history, but we may never again elect a man of his age. The American people now know what he is and has become, and may have been his entire life for that matter, merely a puppet for the Marxist left, a convenient face for those authoritarians in the shadows who truly rule. And for whatever reason, Biden and the condition he's in are not up for public discussion. And neither is the question, what are we to do with what has become of Biden and us? The White House staff is, it seems, always cleaning up his messes, explaining what the president meant to say, 
or denying Mr. Biden meant what he said. His staff looks increasingly more and more like accomplices in the most public case of elder abuse in American political history. It's all a shame. And changing subjects, there's another shame, and that is American social media and the oligarchs who run those all-powerful platforms, in particular, today, Twitter, because they have unprecedented power over their customers, more powerful than our Constitution, and it doesn't matter to them one whit whether the American way prevails. You know, freedom of speech, independence, self-reliance, and Twitter demonstrates its unchecked power each time it suspends or bans a person's Twitter account effectively renders them non-persons in the Twitterverse. Our guest today has been on Twitter for years. She's Juanita Broderick, social media personality, sharp, observant, fun, provocative, and yes, opinionated. And Twitter didn't like her opinions, and they banned her. We like her opinions, and we like her. She's smart, she's unafraid to speak her mind, and be a warrior in the arena of public debate. And that takes talent, and strength. And we're delighted to have with us now, Juanita Broderick. Thank you, Lou. It's so good to finally talk to you in person. I've watched you for so many years on Fox, and it's so good to talk to you now on this new show. Well, thank you for that. And uh, and you're banned from Twitter, uh, I understand. And so we're going to let you uh, treat the Great America Show just like uh, a, a, a podcast version of Twitter. Uh, we think that you've got a lot to say. We've enjoyed uh, your tweets over the years. Uh, you're an outspoken and uh, clever uh, Twitter user and uh, or tweeter, if you prefer. And you know, it's it's just uh, it's just all it's just absolutely awful not to be that snarky old woman anymore that that does her hit and run statements on Twitter, you know, <laughs> they finally got me Lou. <laughs> well, you know, they've, they've gotten a lot of people, uh, they're a, uh, but they're not an equal opportunity getter. Are they, they, uh, they go no. after, they go after conservatives and I, I don't know of a liberal that they have, uh, harpooned yet, but maybe there is one or two no. out there. Uh, I just don't know. About there, there may be. I, I tried to look it up to see if there was any, uh, you know, before I was suspended about two weeks ago. But I, I, I couldn't find any. You know, of course, we know they're against the freedom of speech of conservatives. I will say Elon Musk has the ability to resurrect Twitter from the uh, ash heap of uh, ideological history uh, if uh, he can take over. But, uh, you know, you've got a government that doesn't want uh, Elon Musk to take over because he's an independent, critical thinker uh, and, as far as I know, impartial uh, in his politics. I believe he cares deeply about the freedom of speech. But at the same time, I, I just don't know why these people are so mean-spirited. And, and I do want to get into what they've done to you. But they, they seem to be intent upon removing, eliminating people. It is, uh, it's the digital equivalent of, uh, of murder, uh, an execution oh, I, I know. when they do this. Yes, exactly. And, you know, 
there's there's no other way. Now, people may think, my God, this woman is crazy. But it was almost like a death, you know, <laughs> like a funeral when I woke up to the to the fact that I could no longer go on Twitter and give my opinion whatsoever. Uh, it, You know, I had so much contact with 530,000 followers, you know, that followed me every day and wanted to know what I had to say. And now it, it's just stopped. And I can't, I can go to Twitter and see what, you know, other people are saying if I look up their name. But as far as liking or retweeting or, or doing my own tweets, that's gone by the wayside now. And, it's, now, uh, you know, I actually, I had a small income from being a Twitter influencer for accounts that I liked and had already tweeted about, you know. And so they not only stopped my voice, my, my messages, they stopped some of my income. They really do need to kind of uh, wake up here, in my opinion, but they're not going to. And don't I, I you think, think, no, don't you think they are in a sense with all the things they're doing with the poison pill on Elon's offer? You know, they're, they're, they're waking up that people don't want this woke mm -hmm. uh, civilization that all of the media is giving to us now. I had never gone to check out their board stock ownership. He did. And he came away from that with a revelation for everybody who was interested. Uh, a board of directors represents the shareholders, the owners of the business. And these board members on Twitter owned, aside from uh, Jack Dorsey uh, and the CEO, 77 shares between them. 77 shares. That's how much faith they had. And to think that these sanctimonious son of a guns, I mean, it, it, they're just outrageous. He did, uh, he did some other folks a favor too, all over the country. Uh, when he announced he was going to uh, consider a hostile takeover after uh, getting 14.2% uh, of the stock, uh, investing a couple of billion dollars, he wants a whole enchilada, as they say now. And I'm one of those people praying that he gets it because these people really do need to understand that the American way is not anything like the, the way they're living, the way they're acting and conducting themselves. It's outrageous. Uh, don't you agree? I know. Oh, I agree completely. And don't you think right now that, that the majority of people that are on Twitter are praying for Elon Musk, that he does get some kind of a deal to go through. I saw he got his financing I saw in a tweet this morning that he did get financing for the takeover. Uh, but, uh, and now he's going to the individual shareholders. He wants to say, Hey, you're going to lose it. This you need to go with me and we need yeah. to have this, a uh, freedom, uh, media. It needs to be free speech. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot of problems in that, as you know, too. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the corporate news outlets are not, they don't give a darn about free speech. They're there to get, to peddle their master's wares uh, and to do exactly what they're told, to take a, a line of reasoning and ideology uh, and politics and follow it righteously because that is what their owners want them to do. Uh, it, it's there's no free speech right now in America, big tech, uh, social media, uh, the corporate news outlets in this country. Uh, it's a disgrace. I'm not entirely persuaded 
that the problem with Twitter can be solved by yet another oligarch, but I'm considering it as the the point of it. Elon Musk may be the solution, but what we will have is, even though he may be a benevolent oligarch, if there is such a thing, uh, it, it still <laughs> it, it still leaves me uncomfortable. We've got too many people uh, with way too much money who want to be uh, in charge of every American's life, and I, I'm very uncomfortable with where this country is right now. How about you? Yeah, I feel the I feel the same way. You know, I didn't know a lot about Elon Musk before all this started, except for his space ventures and what all that he did there. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm still hopeful that he, that he will continue with what he says, that he wants to bring back freedom of speech. Their big fear is that he'll bring back Trump. Well, I, I I don't know the relationship between Elon Musk and, uh, Donald Trump. Uh, I don't know Elon Musk at all. I do know Donald Trump some. Uh, and I've never, uh, I, I don't know that there is a relationship or certainly a friendship or that that's of any interest to Elon Musk. What I, what I do know well, is that when, when Twitter banned you, they banned 530,000 other people who wanted to hear from you. Uh, this is the, exactly. no, no one talks about that aspect of, of this Twitter ban and uh, just uh, banning the president of the United States. This is a man with uh, about eight, 80 million voters and God knows how many more supporters, uh, but it's tens and tens of millions more. Uh, who are they to make a decision about who belongs on Twitter and who doesn't based on their political judgments and expressions? And I, I, I just can't believe that the country rolls over and puts up with this nonsense. Uh, it, it's it, it, without some sort of response. Uh, you know, you can walk away from Twitter, but that's that's not particularly helpful if you want Twitter. That's your right as a consumer, it seems to me. Right. Right. It definitely is. And it was, and it brought back such a void, you know, in my life, you know, that's where I went every day, the news, and I would take the news and I would look it up. Hey, are they telling the truth? You can't just go on Twitter and take things at, at face value. Right. You have to do your own research. That's the only way. And that's what I always did. So it took several hours of my day to see, hey, is this person telling the truth? You know, and that was very beneficial to me. You bet. And by the way, that is the responsibility of all American citizens is to know who's speaking the truth. And by the way, they're making the the Marxist left is making it easier for us, Juanita. Uh, the Joe Biden administration is making it easier for it. Don't believe the administration. Don't believe the Marxist left Dems. Don't believe corporate America. Don't believe big government or big government agencies. Don't <laughs> believe what is the saying? Uh, you know, uh, don't believe just what you heard and only half of what you see. Uh, and that's sort of where we are right now. We're, we're the subject. You and me and all of our fellow citizens are the subject of more disinformation and uh, misinformation campaigns by the by the Russians and by the Chinese, but most of all, most of the incoming is from our own government and from our own business uh, structure and corporate America. 
we are getting pummeled with it. Look at these ads. Look at this programming uh, in entertainment media. We're been we're just I know beaten down with this stuff. I know. And what had happened on Twitter, in my opinion, was the Twitter people who partook in Twitter and said their comments and their beliefs and what they wanted for America, the Twitter people that were participating were becoming the mainstream media. There's so many people on Twitter that, you know, that don't have a media that, that you can go to, but you would go to them because they made so much sense. And you're one of those people who makes great sense and you have great observations and you are, uh, you know, you're an absolute uh, treasure of fresh thinking and originality. Uh, and again, did, did Twitter, have they banned you for life or did they suspend you for 10 days or what, where? Oh, no, no. I've, I've had my, I've had my week suspensions and my 12 hour suspensions, probably about 10 of those combined, but this is a permanent (laughs) suspension. They, they, uh, uh, on Sunday, two weeks ago, they emailed me that if I deleted the tweet, that, uh, that's what I had to do was delete the tweet and then followed with another email saying, no, you are permanently suspended. If you try to come back under another name, you will be suspended under that name also. Wow. So but before you could even respond to the offer, they banned you forever. Yes. They banned me. I'm permanently suspended until, unless somebody else lets me back in. <laughs> well, I, I, I certainly hope somebody does, but you know what would be really nice? Now, the CEO of Twitter apparently is a big lefty, uh, not, maybe not as big a lefty as Jack Dorsey is, the, the, one of the founders of Twitter, uh, the man, as it were, for Twitter. But they have been so eaten alive with their own commitment to their ideology and their left-wing bull that what are, I just can't even begin to fathom how uh, there is yeah. this culture yeah. in Silicon Valley in which they think they're smarter than everybody else. I, they're better coders and they've got a better understanding of technology, but uh, not one of them is as smart as all Americans. And what they're doing is taking our culture, upending it, taking our heritage, uh, this Judeo Christian heritage of ours, and our constitutional republic. You know, we had a, and this American enlightenment and just crushing it. Yeah. You're talking about Parag Agrawal. He is the guy that after Elon Musk put out his information that he was going to try to buy Twitter, that's when Parag came out with his statement that you'd have freedom of speech. You can say whatever you want, but it's our decision. If we'll let that be seen, (laughs) how idiotic a statement can that yeah, be yeah. he's My a cute gosh. fella he really is you know this is the kind of guy that has to live in a virtual world because in the real yeah. world uh he'd be a little more constrained and a little more respectful i believe uh but that's true yeah and, and what i'm hoping is that these people will these these oligarchs will come to their senses before uh, something happens that is really really unfortunate for the entire country 
Oh, that's exactly right. And you know, I was shocked to learn when uh, someone tweeted, somebody in the know, that whenever they brought up uh, Trump's suspicion, suspension, that Jack Dorsey was the only one who voted against it on the board. Now, that surprised the heck out of me. I couldn't hardly believe that. And then when Jack Dorsey, you, you have to wonder, is Jack Dorsey having second thoughts? Because he even came back to Brian Stelter and commented when Brian Stelter made his tweet. And he said, uh, and then Jack Dorsey answered him and said, well, isn't that exactly what CNN has been doing? Talking about misinformation. So there's just a lot going on out there that yep. we don't know. I think, I don't know that there is a conversion on the part of Jack Dorsey. As I said, I don't know the man. But that, uh, that remark about his board and his obvious disappointment uh, with them. Uh, and I think yes. putting, putting in front of him the fact that his board did not even own shares of Twitter told him everything he needed to know about that board. It, it was, it's a Potemkin village. Uh, he may, and he's obviously been important in putting them in place. So it's his responsibility, yeah. but it's also, I think, you know, I believe everyone's capable of, uh, of, uh, redemption and maybe he is having an awakening, an epiphany, uh, and a realization of how awfully wrong he has been about an awful lot. Uh, it would be nice oh, if that were the true. case. I sure would. But you're right. When he tweeted that the that the uh, Twitter board was the dysfunction of the company, that shocked me. You know, they say a, a fish uh, rot from the head, and that's exactly what happens in corporations. <laughs> you you were ignored by the Me Too movement. You were uh, ignored by the Believe Women campaign. I, I, I want I want to just get to the where do you how do you feel about that now in retrospect are you still uh, perhaps still pained by that or uh, how do you feel about it yeah i i never you know the the Clinton victims were never included in the me too movement in fact there was a big conference that they had in 2017 or 2018 and someone got up uh she was a uh, state representative from New Hampshire and ask, do they support the women who have come forward about Bill Clinton? And she was uh, promptly uh, uh, escorted out of the room. And this was a Me Too function. And no, I, no, I've never had any support from Me Too. And um, I think everyone knows that now. They were mostly... Um, for, you know, uh, the the Democrats, even though they got uh, some Democrats, you know, tied up into their Me Too conflicts, I still think that they would never go against, um, you know, people like Bill and Hillary Clinton. It just wasn't in their makeup to do that. And especially back in 99, when I came forward, you know, the women's right. organizations at that time uh, made such comments about me, you know, and derogatory comments. And it was extremely hurtful, you know, after I came out on NBC Dateline in 99. It was uh, just an extremely hurtful situation. It, 
you you went up against the most powerful political family i think it's fair to say at the time uh you you also were ignored and i believe as you as you put it I, you were uh insulted and attacked by the left-wing media uh the the clinton machine if you will uh you went up against all of that uh give us a sense of uh, of the Clintons from your perspective and your, your knowledge, having worked uh, both with them uh, as well as been a part of the political uh, uh, community in, in Arkansas. Well, they, they, they're just evil people. But back in 78, I didn't realize that. I was a new nursing home owner, a registered nurse and operating my business. And some of my friends said, Hey, we're going down to, uh, uh, volunteer for the Bill Clinton campaign. And I'd seen his ads on TV and I thought, man, that's a good idea. And I, and I'll go with you. And I, and that's what I did for 30 days, you know, before the incident Mm -hmm. happened. Uh, but everybody thought they were just wonderful. And I was one of the ones included, but then as I went on and after the rape and after everything that happened to me, I realized what devious evil people they were and that they were only out for control and power. They didn't care, Lou, who they stepped on on their way up the ladder. They couldn't have cared less. And you can tell that from when he was running for president and the way that uh, uh, Hillary had her, what you might call, what Roger Stone called, war on women. Uh, you know, she went after us. It was, uh, it was a horrible situation. And I want to tell you one more thing. I'll never forget. I don't know if you're a fan of Dan Rather, but I will never forget his interview right after my Dateline interview with Don Imus on Don Imus show. Mm -hmm. And Don says, you know, we've been watching this Juanita Broderick interview. He said, what do you what do you take from that, Dan? And Dan Rather had the gall to say, you know, even if he did rape her, time for the country to move on. That was the, yeah. that was the what they thought back then. That I, is, I couldn't believe it. I, I can believe it because I've heard uh, all sorts of expressions that uh, conform to that particular attitude that Dan Rather expressed, in which he's, by the way, expressed throughout his career and his life. He's he's a left winger. He's a uh, a, a democratic uh, a democrat soldier, whatever you want to call him, uh, which makes him uh, an awful bad uh, journalist uh, as well. And uh, to me, I, you know, I, I'm not a big fan. But what he was really right. doing is is showing himself to be one of the the powerful left wing elites in this country. Uh, he. He he sided with the left. He lived the left, and he was them. Uh, he's and he does truly believe it's time to move on. Uh, he tries to you know, yeah. do that Texas shuffle and uh, and have it both ways. But where he came down is saying he's going to continue to ignore you, just like by the way the <laughs> entire corporate media did, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they did. And it was so hurtful. And I would, you know, I just sort of went back in, bought another nursing home and went back into my own life and just tried to walk away from it. And I did pretty good, you know, 
until 2015 when Hillary Clinton came out with her tweet that all victims of sexual abuse should come forward and be believed, and we're with you. <laughs> and they showed that on TV, her doing that tweet uh, in a, at a women's college. And I looked at that, and I rewound it, and I looked at it again, and I thought, dear God, you of all people cannot say that. And that's when I went on Twitter and I called my 11-year-old grandson, and I said, can you please come walk Nana through Twitter? You know, show me how to use Twitter. And he did. And that's when the next day I got up, I tweeted. I was 35 years old when Bill Clinton, the Arkansas Attorney General, raped me, and Hillary tried to silence me. I'm now 73, and it never goes away. And you know, Blue. I looked at that and I thought, well, that looks fine. I haven't said anything that's, that's uh, untrue or anything that I didn't say several years ago. And I clicked tweet and all hell broke loose. I mean to tell you, my phone started ringing off the wall. I thought, my God, what's happening? And about the third call was my son, who's an attorney here in my hometown. And he said, Mom, what did you do? And I said, I have no idea. I had no idea at that time the power of Twitter and that it was worldwide and it was instant. I was dumbfounded. So that's how my Twitter uh, uh, life began. Well, I've got to say something that uh, I didn't think I'd be saying real, real soon. Uh, first, I knew I'd be saying to you, God bless you. But I'm going to say God bless Twitter because that that was that was a great service to the country and uh, and uh, and brought you and your story forward at a time when people needed to understand the hypocrisy and the political uh, misinformation and and outright lies of the of the left in this country. And by the way, you know, as you were saying that, I'm thinking, you know, this that suggestion that she had in an initiative called. Uh, me to believe women. That was a very convenient thing for the, the Democratic Party at that moment. She's running for president. Uh, it's just another hoax, like uh, with for the Clintons, a particular uh, hoax, uh, like uh, you know the Russian collusion hoax with Trump. Uh, she seemed oh, exactly. Be, she seems to be hatching these things like eggs. <laughs> and don't you know? that her team, the minute that tweet went out, were saying, oh, my God, what did she just tweet? Hillary Clinton <laughs> has on so many, in, it's, in so many instances, been absolutely tone deaf. And by the way, the left-wing media in this country has covered up much of her tone deafness uh, and, and awkward decisions. Uh, I mean, she is the woman who uh, pushed through uh, a, a ownership of 20% of American uranium assets uh, back uh, in, the, yeah, I know. In, in the Clinton, uh, excuse me, the Obama administration. Yeah. And, uh, and it was Secretary covered up. State. Yes. Oh, yes. They, they covered up for her exactly like they're covering up for Biden now, Lou. It, it's so pathetic. You know, I, I, posted on uh, Getter and on True Social here, I believe, yesterday, that Biden resembles 
a lobotomy patient that has escaped from, you know, that movie, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. That man does not know where he is half of the time. And it's embarrassing. We are the laughing stock of the world. Well, it, you know that. I know that. Our audience knows that, certainly, to, to the Great America Show. Uh, I can't imagine any American watching him for five minutes in one of those episodes would have any doubt about it. But the question becomes, right. why? Why on earth? Is there sufficient arrogance in the Marxist left in this country that they are not even embarrassed, ashamed, or more appropriately, guilty about their irresponsibility in putting two, two of them together? Kamala Harris, who seems to be an utter no-no thing, who speaks in, uh, frankly, K through maybe two uh, language, C-spot run. See space, connect, see space, whatever. And yeah. then there, then President Biden is sitting there wondering who's going to get him off the stage so he doesn't hurt himself or run into someone else. They're in a dilemma right now because they can control Joe Biden. He's not running the government, and we all know that, Lou. Uh, but if they get somebody like Kamala in there, she's going to disrupt their playhouse. She's going to have things that she wants to do. And it's, and it's just not what they want. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't see how the man can serve out even a four-year term. For him to be telling Obama that he's going to run in 2024 is the biggest joke of the century. The only, the only validation we have of that statement is Barack Obama. So I'm, I'm not sure we can entirely <laughs> trust that either. But you're, but well, you're, you're right. And to think that we're in this situation, you said it's just embarrassing because the world is laughing at us. I think part of the world is, I think the whole world is laughing at us. I think you're absolutely correct. But I think half the world's got to be a little scared. You know, the half that isn't communist or living in an authoritarian government. Uh, this is a very scary moment because this means that Millie, uh, Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, is the smartest fella in the military right now because he's advising a man who can't even comprehend what he's being told by Milley or anyone else. The White House daily has to correct something that Biden said. I mean, we're we're at a point where the, the republic is hanging by a thread and the left in this country is entirely comfortable and Mitch McConnell and, and Kevin McCarthy the leaders in the Senate and the House for the Republican Party are saying nothing about it. They're absolutely. I know. <laughs> AWOL. Yeah, it's, yeah, I know. And I tell you what, I, I'm just hoping, and I feel like it's going to happen, Lou. I feel like that come 2023 that we're going to be in control of the House and the Senate. Lord, if we're not, there's something terribly gone wrong. Right. And the, but then you have to wonder, you've got Mitch McConnell and you've got a Kevin McCarthy who have gone along with the Democrats all along. And it's frightening. So surely we can get some better leadership in there if we do take over the Senate and, and the House. I, I said this is going to be about making uh, the Great America Show 
a Twitter account for you today. What do you want to say about today's issues? Well, the the main thing, the Biden administration, you know, what's going to happen? Do we not know? Do We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Are we going to see a 25th Amendment? Or is this man going to stroke out or go into full Alzheimer's any day now? And then what's going to happen? Uh, no, no one knows right at this moment. Joe Biden resembles, I, when I had my nursing homes, I had an Alzheimer's wing. And he depicts all the symptoms of an Alzheimer's patient that is progressive. I mean, and it's going fast. So that's my main concern is what's going to happen now. Uh, and the main thing, too, is we have to get the rhinos out of office. We need to do anything we can. We need to get involved on the local level, whether it's at your school board meetings or whether it's your local government meetings. Get involved and see what these people are doing because they're the ones that are going up the ladder that will be the leaders of the future. And you need to get in there now and make your comments and have your voices heard. It's so important. Uh, I'm applauding right here, right now, uh, for Juanita Roderick and everything she said, I, I support 100%. Uh, and I hope, and I believe that most Americans do as well. They know that education is too important to leave up to the, the school board. Uh, they know that uh, local government is too important to leave to just the mayor and the city council. It's, you know, the people who make up that community have got to be engaged. And, and we know one thing for sure, when it comes election time, there better be a lot of us volunteering to be serving uh, in, in those elections uh, at the polls, be poll watchers, whatever you need to be to be certain that it's a fair and honest uh, election of integrity. Uh, no more of this Democrat nonsense in which they rig an election. And people will say, well, rigged isn't the same as illegal. Well, yes, it is, because one side is making certain the rules favor them. And when that happens, that's as good as cheating. And uh, everybody knows it, whether they want to admit it or not. I mean, think about this. Yeah. Donald Trump was warning about the election being rigged in May of 2020. And, and what did the Republican Party do? What did Ronald McDaniel do? What did the RNC and Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy do? Well, they just had another sip of their Chardonnay and let life roll on. And that is exactly that is the last yeah, kind of Republican we need in leadership. Yeah, exactly. The Republican I used to know is not today's Republican. Well, I, I don't know how to describe today's <laughs> uh, Republican leaders, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy. What do, what do you think of Donald Trump right now? And what do you think of the people coming along, coming up through the ranks, whether in the Congress or the Senate? Are you excited? Well, yes, I, I am. Uh, I was disappointed uh, when they uh, in Tennessee when they uh, disallowed the Trump uh person, you know, the one that had used to work for him, uh, and also Robbie Starbuck and one other guy, you know, they, I think it had to do with the residency clause, but anyway, right. I was disappointed that they won't be on the ballot in Tennessee. Uh, I'm just disappointed all over in the rhinos, especially my own here in Arkansas, uh, John Bozeman, who was, uh, 
uh, endorsed by President Trump and then was caught in that uh, 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 video saying that he didn't believe the 2020 uh, uh, accusations of President Trump and that the and that the, the uh, uh, election was fair and uh, uh, that that just really disturbed me and and President Trump hasn't done anything about that. He's still endorsing him. I love President Trump. You know, if he runs, of course he'll have my vote. You know, no doubt whatsoever. I think the man did so much with every with all the media and everybody against him for four years than any president has done in in decades. I think he cares about the American people, and I think he wants what's best for the American people. I'm I'm still a Trump supporter. Absolutely. Well, me too. And uh, and you know when you talk about rhinos, we're talking about people like uh, McConnell and McCarthy and others who talk behind the president's back. Uh, yes. President Trump has his one fault uh, that I think uh, looms larger than any other uh, of his faults. Uh, we all have more than one, right? Uh, he right. just he thinks he thinks he can persuade every rhino, every backstabbing, treacherous rhino, uh, that they're not really Democrats in Republican clothing. That he, they'll come to him because of the power of his logic, his reason, and his pr programs. And he doesn't realize they're just as nasty and awful as the entire Democrat left. They're backstabbing snakes, and that's the way it is. I don't know if backstabbing snake works out as a metaphor, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I do. And I believe that he's a good man, basically, you know, he's a good man. And I believe he's trusted the wrong people. You know, I think they, that he just sort of fell for what they were uh, saying at the time. Uh, and we all know that with the people that were in his administration. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's learned a big lesson. I think, I, I think he, but I think he still learns every day you know, who to endorse and who not to endorse. And I still love his rallies. You know, I've right. watched those every chance I get. Me too. But I've got a couple of endorsements he's made that I just, uh, I got to kind of bite my, uh, my lip a little. Well, I do too. Yeah. So, yeah. I do too. You get the last word Juanita, as we, as we wrap up here, it's our convention. We always give our guests the last word on the great America show. Take it away. Okay, thank you so much, Lou Dobbs, for having me today. And even though I'm not on Twitter, if anybody wants to purchase my book, I wrote a book in 2018 uh, about my uh, uh, rape by Bill Clinton and, and my life as a young uh, re registered nurse and entrepreneur. But if anybody is interested in purchasing my book, it, you can get it at Juanita Broderick. Dot com. And there's also another, uh, there's lots of uh, information on there about my life, about my son. My son was even on Larry King after my interview on Dateline, and it's a wonderful interview by Larry. Um, but I, I just, I still travel. I do uh, book signings and I do speaking events. And you can get the information also at my website, JuanitaBroderick.com. Juanita Broderick dot com. Uh, we recommend you yeah. go to that 
we're going to link to it on lowdobs.com and we're going to put your book uh, in our gallery of books that we recommend to our audience. And uh, uh, we appreciate you being with us, Juanita. Uh, you're, you're a great American. Uh, you're also a delight. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you, Lou. Juanita Broderick, citizen. She deserves to be heard. She's a citizen who also deserves a new hearing by the Twitter folks, folks who are, in my opinion, on the wrong side of history in our great debate over whether our Constitution will prevail. Thanks for being with us. And tomorrow, please join us for our guest, Tom Fitton, president of the important watchdog group, Judicial Watch. And I assure you, they're on the right side of history. Till then, God bless you. And God bless America. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, They'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.